Was there an ice age? And if there was, how does that affect biblical history? Welcome to Creation Talk. I'm Gary Bates. I'm here with Dr. Matthew Chahati. He's a biologist. G'day, Matthew. Okay, greetings to you. It's nice to be here. So uh, the Ice Age. Now, the view that most lay people hear uh, from schools and the public media is that there were multiple Ice Ages over hundreds of thousands of years. And uh, it often surprises people to hear that at uh, CMI, we believe there was an Ice Age. But there was one. an Ice Age. Well, well you see, I mean, there is evidence that there, were, there was at least one Ice Age. We know that, for example, the polar ice caps, they covered a much larger area than they did in the past. Yeah. Uh, evidence includes things like, like uh, scratched boulders or scratched bedrock. We know that water... Well, well just, just stop there. So, so scratched boulders and bedrock, what does that mean? Tell us, uh, how, how do those boulders get scratched? Well, obviously, large chunks of ice would have been receding from the south, and they would have, they would have scratched up the bedrock that they were uh, traveling uh, over. Yeah, so glaciers, as they move, glaciers are basically frozen rivers. Right. As they, uh, as they uh, move, which people don't often realize they actually do move, they're scouring the sides, creating valleys, rivers, canyons. They're breaking off lumps of rock at the time. Those, the ice is not only scratching the rock, but as it picks up rocks, it's scratching other rocks. And of course, and so uh, on. these scratches would be very sharp. Uh, they, they, they show no signs of erosion, which yeah. would indicate that these that this happened not too long ago. That it, it must have been a very young process. Yeah, in other words, in geologic time, very, very short. Right, and not, not millions of years as evolution would support. Certainly. So one of the great misconceptions I find uh, when I go out on ministry and I get questioned about the Ice Age is people think the whole Earth was covered in ice. And, of course, that's not the case. Uh, no, I mean, only, only about 30% of the globe was, was covered, mainly in, in, in the northern latitudes, like northern... Uh, Europe, uh, northern uh, part, the northern part of North America, also small bits of South America, but it was mainly a northern. Yeah, so mainly a northern North, hemisphere yeah. event. Yeah. So we would say, you know, if we're, you know, we're we're in the U.S., that the very southern parts of the U.S. were probably not covered right. in ice. Uh, the now, ice came, came down as far as let's say Minnesota or or as New York City. That's a southern. Most yeah. So now the ice age probably did have a bit of an effect on global temperatures. But in terms of the ice itself, uh, we don't believe that it was over the whole Earth. Let's get back to this idea that there were multiple ice ages over hundreds of thousands uh, of, of years. years. That's something called the Milankovitch theory. Milankovitch theory. But you see, the thing is that uh, even evolutionists themselves, they don't really have a good explanation as to how we got an ice age or multiple ice ages. They've come up with 60 different explanations. And so... Uh, the best of these is a so-called Milankovitch uh, theory, mm -hmm. which says that uh, the, a the Earth's axis was tilted yeah. two degrees uh, every 41,000 years, and that the Earth's orbit also changes every 100,000 years. But this theory, it's not enough to explain how the Earth got so cold. It also doesn't explain how we get a lot of ice accumulating inside continents. Yeah. The best it can say is that, uh, is that we, we, we would have these, these ice deserts in the middle of continents. Yeah. But that's the best it can do. So here's the issue. Why would the ice stay so long? So I would think, and we'll talk about the creationist explanation, but our poles are kind of remnants from the last ice age. So in the secular view, when when did the secular view, when do they say the last ice age occurred? Well, the last, uh, last ice age, it happened around 10,000 years ago. And again, um, 
uh, evolutionists really can't explain this whole thing because they're based on uniformitarianism, yeah. meaning that the present is a key to the past. Yeah. So we're talking about multiple ice ages over hundreds of thousands of years, the Earth's axis tilting, the orbit change. I mean, that's uh, climate change of gross proportions. And, uh, and there were no humans around to cause it. Go figure. But anyway... Uh, let's explain uh, why, uh, from a creationist point of view, we don't have a problem with it. And uh, one of the biggest uh, uh, climate change events on the world... Was well, the flood, was the Genesis flood. Yeah, it was the Genesis flood. So here we have the whole globe being destroyed. Um, many of us believe that the continents we have today, uh, in their positions, their relative size, did not exist pre-flood, that in some respects they've moved into the locations they've had now. Uh, there is a view, debatable amongst some creationists, that there was an original supercontinent that broke up. I mean, we can kind of fit the continents together yeah, yes, now, but we don't believe in continental drift. We're talking about continental sprint at the time of the flood. That's been modelled yes. on very good supercomputers that show these continents can move apart at you know over 100 feet per second. Yeah. Now, we believe that, we believe that the, the Genesis flood is the mechanism for this continental shift. Now, from that and from the events of the flood, we're going to get a couple of other things that happen yeah, that so I believe example, give us an ice age. So, for example, uh, the way the flood could have caused the ice age is that at the tail end of the flood, we would have a lot of volcanic activity. We still have such activity going on today. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the flood, uh, this would have been much more pronounced. Yeah. What uh, this would have caused is that it would have evaporated a lot of water, and it, which would have... Got into the well, because atmosphere. the oceans are warming up. Now, just a yeah. point there, though, when we say that the oceans are warming up and evaporating, you don't need massive temperature changes. You know, you, you only yeah. need to raise the ocean temperatures by a couple of degrees and you would get increased evaporation. And also, plus what's happening is, is that these volcanoes, they're belching all this ash into mm -hmm. the air, which acts like an aerosol. It blocks off the sun. Which a nuclear winter. Nuclear winter, exactly. <laughs> uh, or actually, it, it would also cause a lit literal prolonged winter, which would mean that th these two factors uh, would cause a lot of uh, a lot of uh, snow to fall inside the continents, a lot of ice to build up, and that's how, that's why we have uh, such All a right, large body. So, just of to ice. summarize, in case people haven't uh, haven't followed that, so at the time of the flood. Increased volcanic, increased tectonic exactly, activity yeah, that's yeah. warming the oceans. We get increased evaporation, yeah. more moisture in the atmosphere. So because now the sun is blocked out, and this is a key point people don't, I think, understand. For an ice age, you don't need colder winters. You just need cooler summers because obviously you're not going to get that necessarily thawing or annual thaw that yeah. you might get. So all that evaporation falls as snow and sleet on cold ground. For people that have uh, live in cold climates, uh, they'll know you only need to block the sun out for a short while and it gets cold very, very yeah, quickly. But there's another aspect here too, Matthew. Um, we've got a lot of water now locked upon the land. Yeah. So that creates lower ocean levels. Right? And this would also cause a lot of land ridges to appear between continents, which would explain how uh, the different animals could have yeah. dispersed from Mount Ararat, where the, where the arc was located, two different points across the, uh, across the globe. Yeah, so lower ocean levels gives increased land bridges. So I'm thinking of in my home country of Australia, right up through Southeast Asia, the water's actually not that very deep. So you don't need to lower the ocean levels uh, very, very much. 
animals can migrate not across not only across those new land bridges but across ice sheets Possible as well. Ice sheets so the ice Bering bridge. Strait, which uh, you and that know, that would would have been very important for allowing animals to uh, cross over from Asia into the middle of uh, North America. Yeah, so it explains a lot of things, not just the uh, you know the um, formations we see that are evidence of an ice age. But the global flood, we're saying, actually provides a mechanism for an ice age. And also uh, the distribution of animals. Animals. But you know, said at yeah. the beginning that the Milankovitch theory appeals to changing tilts of the Earth's orbit or, or changing and tilts changing of the, the Earth's orbit. axis, changing orbits, of which there's no evidence for. There's no evidence. It's, it's basically, basically just an ad hoc explanation. So it's an appeal to an unknown to explain an ice yeah. age. But we actually have an eyewitness record from Scripture of eight people you know, of who actually survived the, the flood. flood. And of course, uh, there are also some other indications in the Bible. Uh, and in addition to uh, Genesis, how it describes uh, the flood, there's also Job chapter 37, which describes uh, the setting up of the, of the hydrological cycle, that uh, obviously after the flood was over, we would have a lot of different uh, environments coming about. That, that, uh, former, On the new continents. Right, the, 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 uh, formerly wet environments would have become dry and dry, and that's how we would have gotten gotten uh, desert-like areas. Yeah, we would have had some areas increased rainfall for many uh, for, for quite a while, um, moist conditions in some areas, aiding regrowth and so on. So mammoths is another one. Um, obviously, yes. we find mammoths frozen in some tundra. Um, what's the evidence of those? Obviously, they're not pre-flood. Uh, we presume that a lot of the mammoth carcasses that have been found in what are cold environments today, a post-flood. What's some of the theories okay. of how uh, those mammoths have come about? Uh, so many people think that uh, mammoths, uh, they lived during the Ice Age, but there's actually quite a so bit. So hundreds of thousands of years ago, in other words, right? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and they actually found hundreds of thousands of mammoth remains all across Siberia and also um, northern Europe and in other places. But uh, based on the evidence, uh, it, might, it might be more the case that these animals, they were more adapted to warmer climates, climates. They found uh, remains of rhinoceroses and also horses, which we know were they lived in warmer climates. Uh, they've also uh, examined their, the insides of their gut of these animals. Yeah. They found that uh, the, their bodies and also their guts also were, uh, underwent some sort of decay, meaning that uh, when they died, they must have died in uh, a much warmer environment. Interesting. So take-home point there is uh, we've had a lot of environment change in the past. And four and a half thousand years ago, there was a global flood that destroyed the Earth. Uh, we are, it created the first and only Ice Age. We're living with the remnants of the Ice Age at the poles today. But um, yeah, I kind of joked about climate change, but four and a half thousand years ago, the world's greatest climate change occurred. And here we mm -hmm. are living in a beautiful, re-established biosphere, the Earth, and it seems to uh, survive quite well. And I also think that uh, that uh, we see that there's much more evidence for uh, the Ice Age coming after uh, on the tail end of the Genesis Flood. Yet all this evidence has been uh, hidden from uh, our students at our public schools. And so uh, it's maybe uh, just an indication to uh, parents uh, that uh, they really should be watching what's being taught, taught to their children. Sure, because uh, you know the multiple ice ages theory is an evolutionary uh, uniformitarian, and it's based on conjecture. Yeah, basically. deep time assumption. It's a it's a loaded 
idea. So the other thing, Matthew, is um, we know that all around the world there are hundreds of flood legends. These legends have an idea of a watery destruction of the earth, uh, a man and his family and, and people being saved and so on, and there are different variants. And people can look, if you're interested, at creation.com and type in flood legends. We've even got a chart there showing you all the similarities uh, there as well. But as I said, we have an eyewitness record, but uh, of course the Bible, we don't believe, has been changed. That's another subject about how it's been transmitted to us and preserved. But obviously oral stories are going to be corrupted uh, in some sense as well. Yeah, and so it's also interesting to note that these flood legends, they occur all across the world. It's common to like basically every culture out there. Furthermore, that uh, these uh, legends, they were, they were compiled by a theistic evolutionist who didn't, doesn't accept uh, literal genesis. Right. So I yeah. think it's a hostile witness is very good evidence that, that uh, all these accounts of a global flood, they indicate that something really happened in the past of what the Bible speaks. Yeah. So there we go, folks. The Ice Age and... Only the Bible can explain it. Uh, so a lesson there is we don't have to fit the uniformitarian or secular assumptions and try to fit them in Scripture. In fact, we can use Scripture and our beliefs about history in Scripture to explain the observations and the world today. And this is why uh, PhDs like Matthew and and uh, many of us have uh, come to steadfastly trust the Bible in this regard. Now, of course, these are only short broadcasts decide, uh, designed to wet your whistle. If you have questions, you know, rather than just post something there, check out creation.com and type in your questions. Uh, you can submit questions if you can't find an answer on our website. And uh, guess what? It's people, it's scientists like Matthew who will actually answer your questions. So go to creation.com do your best, Stumpers. We look forward to hearing from you and uh, joining us again on Creation Talk. Thank you. Thank you.